get into a scripture. Uh, it's found in the book of Luke. And let's see, I just had it. And we'll find it again. Hold on one second. Sorry, I was running up here. Luke 21, 25. You guys have probably heard this one before. Luke 21, 25. Say amen when you're there. Anybody there? I got one person. I'll give you a minute. Luke 21, 25. Luke is, so it's in the New Testament. Uh, Matthew, and then Mark, and then Luke, and John. So if you've gone to Revelation, you've gone too far. If you're still by, in Genesis, and at this point, I would just listen. All right. You guys ready? All right, Luke 21, 25, it says, And there will be signs in the sun and in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heaven will be shaken. You guys ever heard of that one before? Yeah. Are we seeing signs in the sun and the moon and the stars? Are we? I think so, right? Yes. What about on the earth? Is there distress of nations with perplexity? Yes. Are the sea and the waves roaring? Yes. Wow. So we got like three checks right there just within the last three or four months, don't we? Well, on the uh, wake of what has happened in Las Vegas, I want to just make mention we have been praying fervently for those that have family and loved ones. And I'll tell you, there has been nothing no short shortness of tragedies and things to pray for in the last year uh, every time when i want to get talking about just you know i guess what i would call like a normal pastor message something happens and then you got to get focused back on what's going on and um you know because there's people that are hurting in our world there's people that are looking for an answer and i've been asking the lord you know what is our job during this time there's a lot of information out there there's a lot of things happening but at the end of the day what i keep hearing from the lord is that we are in a battle between light and darkness and what we are seeing is exactly what he warned us would happen and so the interesting thing for me is what i'm noticing is that there's an openness uh, with people that haven't necessarily been open to hearing about jesus and about the word of god i'm i'm, I'm meeting people that are like not even people that are people of faith that haven't really gone to church, you know, and they're open. And I tell you, I think the Lord is moving right now uh, in the midst of these calamities and tragic situations. Um, I, I believe he's moving. I heard some reports out of Puerto Rico, uh, which were encouraging despite all the negative things that we're hearing. And it's a very, very tumultuous situation there. It's, it's very troubling. They don't have power on this island, several million people. Um, but there's a lot of churches, and there's 3,000 churches that have been um, very much destroyed or at least very much damaged. And so 3,000 Puerto Rico churches that need our help. And I tell you, there's not a shortage right now as a Christian of, of things that we can be praying for and things that we can be doing. So no one really at this point should be saying, like, I don't know what to do. The only thing that we should really be saying is, like, how can I do what you want me to do right now, Lord? Because there's plenty to do right now for the kingdom of God. Uh, one of the main things that we can do right now is just comfort people um, and tell them about hope, you know, because hope, real hope in Jesus Christ is what we have to offer. And 
you know, when I deal with certain things in my personal life, or, you know, when I deal with things like this that our whole nation is walking through together, you know, where I find my comfort and my strength is in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And one of the things that I enjoy is uh, actually speaking, you know, to a group of you know, people that I've never, I've never met before, or I've never talked to before. And why I enjoy that is because I get to tell them my testimony for the first time and, and talk a little bit about my story, which most, most of the people in this church have heard a million times. But, you know, it, it's still powerful to me because it still touches my heart because it's just my real life journey of what God has done in my life. And so, uh, you know, as I apply and I think about and I meditate on the things that he's done in my life, that is where I find my hope and my strength. It's in the times that Jesus Christ has come through for me. And you know what? There's times in my life that were the equivalent of, of what our world is feeling right now in Las Vegas in my personal life. I had things that I had walked through and gone through and, you know, when I was younger and, you know, even in my adult life. And so it's like those were my hills and valleys and mountaintop experiences. But through all those things, Jesus Christ is my hope and he sustained me and he gave me the peace that passes understanding and that's why i have the passion that i do even today is because i found jesus and had a true and personal encounter with with him have you guys felt that way in your life and 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 some of us say well pastor i can't you know i don't necessarily have the same passion or whatnot so that's what i believe that god is telling us that, that we need to focus on like a laser beam in this season is, is our purpose, our calling, because there, we're being pulled in so many different directions, and a lot of us just need simple direction. One of the things that I found in managing people at work and whatnot is if you get somebody who comes to you and you know asks you for direction and you don't give them any direction, then they lack what? Purpose. Why is that? So if you hire somebody brand new to the company and they come and they're sitting there and they got the gear on and you know if you work for like a Best Buy or you know Petco or any of these companies, what do they do? They give you like a shirt and a name tag and all that. So you're all dressed up and ready to show up. And we talked about that. But then what if they get there and then their boss doesn't tell them what to do? What happens? They stand there, right? They stand there and they feel like helpless. And sometimes people are innovative and they start finding things to do. I like those kind of people. You know, are you, are you guys one of those people? Maybe somebody in here is like that where you'll just find, you know, well, that looks like it needs some fixing and you'll just get to work. And those are people that, that take initiative. And I think those people uh, oftentimes become successful in life, right? Because they, they just take that initiative right off the bat. But, but it's, it's the job of, of a leader you know, to, to give vision and, and to say, this is what you need to do. I need you today. We're going to be working on this. And today, you know, this is your task and your job for the day. And so then you can walk away and know that they're going to, okay, this is what I got to do. This is what I need to accomplish. So there, there's something that happens with that. You've given clear direction. Well, God has given us clear direction. See, we don't lack instruction here on earth. And I think that's sometimes where the enemy tries to come in and make us feel like we're helpless. But God gave us a very intricate just a plan. I mean, it's, it's a lot of pages, right? There's a lot of pages. He wrote us a lot of notes. And so, you know, if we haven't heard from God, we have to question, have we really been studying the Word? Because as you get into the Word of God, you're going to hear more from God. Amen? And so let's talk about purpose. So sometimes we can be so busy in our lives that we forget the purpose behind them. We are driven by the demands of life and not realizing that God always has a greater purpose. His purpose is not only to encompass our lives, 
but the lives of those around us at home, at school, at work, and in the community. And so it's important to know and live out following the Bible's verses about our purpose. You know, I know you guys can think of some. Who can think, because we're an interactive, it's Tuesday night, it's the core of the church. Who can think of a Bible verse that you have memorized? I'm not calling anybody. But that you can think that has something to do with purpose. Does anybody have one of those other than Pastor Lorraine? I hope Claudia. What's that? Do you know? You gotta say it. You raised your hand. For I know the plans that I have yes. for you. Um, I'm gonna get this wrong. Plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. Awesome. Yay. Awesome. Let's give her a hand. She's bold. So yes, that is one of the ones that is super, super key. Does anybody know where that is in the Bible? Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah. Yes, 29. That's a great, great verse. And it's true. He's given us a plan to prosper us. He's given us hope in a future. Does that mean that when there's a tragic event that we don't have hope in a future? Anybody? Does it take away our hope in the future? Does the enemy want it to take away our hope in the future? He absolutely does. He wants us to get distracted. He wants us to get depressed. He wants us to feel overwhelmed. And so many people in our communities, in our jobs, in our family members right now are going around feeling overwhelmed. But we know that the Word of God says that He has plans to prosper us and to give us hope in the future. Now, is that prosperous going to give us a million dollars always? <laughs> is that what he means by that? No, because being a Christian is not easy, right? Being a Christian, you're going to go through trials, you're going to go through tests, you're going to wonder why God isn't answering your prayers sometimes, but what we know that what that means is he's going to prosper us by giving us life and life more abundantly in him, filled by his spirit, empowered and anointed to change the atmosphere. Literally, when we are walking and filled with the, the glory of God, we can walk into a room and change the atmosphere. I don't know how many times I can tell you, and I don't like to, you know, I'm not talking about myself to brag in any way, so please don't take it that way, but where I've had an opportunity, the Lord has opened an opportunity for me to walk into a room with somebody who is discouraged. Somebody who is like, I call it, you know, they're like on the ledge, Okay. And, you know, in a, in a Holy Spirit-empowered, not Todd-empowered, Holy Spirit-empowered conversation, by the time we leave the room, it's a positive environment, it's, it's anointed, and, and somebody goes out feeling good. Have you ever been in an experience like that? Yes. What does that? The Holy, the Holy Spirit. Where does the Holy Spirit live? In us. In us, right? What happened? We accepted Jesus Christ. Some of us a year ago. Some of us 20 years ago. Some of us 40 years ago. We accepted him in our heart. And what did he do? He empowered us and filled us with the Holy Spirit. So we are his representatives. So we can't get too busy. I was talking with a guy today. And literally, he works so much that he's so busy that he, he feels overwhelmed that he can't, you know, accomplish really much of anything else other than going home and maybe eating dinner and then going to sleep. And I understand that. Especially traveling two and a half hours every day this week and then, you know, all, and both ways back and forth and then working an eight-hour day. I can feel like that too. But the thing is, is that our purpose is greater than that. Our purpose is no matter where we go, no matter what we do, is being filled with the Holy Spirit and representing God. He wants to give us these divine appointments at the gym. He wants to give us these divine appointments in our family. He wants us to, to maintain the temperament of the Holy Spirit. That's not easy, right? To be peaceful and kind and loving people. Woo. That's not easy. 
Especially when people are jabbing at you. Especially when people are, are attacking you. Especially when people are accusing you. You know, they're doing to you what they did to Jesus. Because why? You're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. So it's that spiritual battle. So when we have these antagonists and these people attacking us and these people coming against us and all these things that happen, sometimes just in one day, especially driving in L.A. traffic, amen, one day in Los Angeles we can experience all these things, the full gamut. Well, that's okay. We count it as joy because this is what we knew we were going to go through being empowered by the Holy Spirit of the living God. Problems with our child, we knew that might happen. But what do we got to do? We got to pray. We got to seek God. We got to intercede, right? That's our purpose here on earth is to do these things. So God has a purpose for everyone. It says in Exodus, you don't have to turn there. I know it's a little bit hard to read because it's dark. But in Exodus 9, 16, it says, But I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I may show you my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in some of the earth. Wait, it doesn't say that? Oh, it says in all of the earth, right? So does that mean in Las Vegas right now that his name is going to be proclaimed? What am I seeing? I'm seeing some, some, you know, a lot of posts, a lot of awful things, but I'm also seeing some powerful things that God, God uses these things. Now, did he create the horrible situation? No, of course not. That's the forces of darkness and the, and the things that we talked about. Literally, there will be signs in the sun, the earth, the moon, and, and distress of nations. So we knew these things were coming, but God is still going to use them. And he's going to raise up a standard of the, the using his Holy Spirit and the, and the representatives of his spirit to bring hope and peace and love and joy in the midst of the calamity. So I take it as like a two-sided, you know, it's good and bad. The bad news is that we're going to see probably more. I'm not going to lie to you guys. We're going to see more things like this. You know, I wish I could tell you it's going to stop. You know, I wish I, I didn't have to, like, it just seems, and I don't know if it's just me that feels like this, but they're, they're happening more frequently. Does anybody feel like that? I mean, it's like we literally are just getting over watching this, the hurricanes, and then, you know, you hear these stories of things happening in Europe, and then Canada, and, and it's like you're just seeing that, and it's like you can't even get your mind wrapped around that, and then another thing happens, right? So it feels overwhelming, and we can get super stressed out, but, but the other side of this is, is that, God wants to empower us and, and get us in his word and get us in his spirit right now so that we can literally be, I mean, I just see it as like, man, you know, when the power's out, what do you do? You call the power company, right? They got to come out. You ever see them like get on those ladders? They got to get on the ladder. You might call John. Hey, John, that's a free plug for you right there. John's an electrician. You might need to call him if the power goes out, right? But the truth of the matter is, you're going to call an electrician, or you're going to call what? The DWP, and you're going to call somebody, and what's going to happen? They're going to come out, they're going to get on the ladders, right? They're going to go up there. You know, you see those guys working late night, like the cones are out, right? What are they doing? They're fixing something, a down power line, an out power line. Well, that's what the whole country of Puerto Rico looks like right now, is just thousands of people working on the power lines and trying to get it restored and whatnot. So this is exactly what people need. See, they're in a time of hurting. They're in a time of trial. They're in a time of hopelessness. And they're looking for the power guy. And guess who the power guy is? You. <laughs> Me. We need to come and, and, and turn on the lights. And how do we do that? We talk about Jesus. And we talk about how he's the hope of glory. And yes, there's a lot of things going on right now to get us really down. But because we're the ones bringing the source of power, what happens? The light comes back on. 
Right? Yes. Have you ever been in a blackout? Yes. Yeah? And, and what happens? You turn on the generators. They're temporary, right? They make a lot of noise. They kind of smell. Anybody ever had a generator? They're loud. They smell. You know, but they work. But it's like not as good, right? So that's like a temporary situation. But what happens? You got the, the you know, those candles out. You got the flashlights out. You're happy that you like had a flashlight, you know? And, and the battery, you know it's only going to last so long. And then how, well, that's all temporary, right? But then what about that moment? And maybe it's like in the middle, middle of the night. And all of a sudden, boom, the power comes back on. What happens? You're full of joy. Like, oh, Lord, thank God, right? Now I can use my appliances again. Now I can go to the bathroom and actually see what I'm doing, right? I mean, it's too, too graphic there, right? But the whole thing is... <laughs> The whole thing is, is, is that the power is on. And that is exactly what we need to do as Christians in this hour. Is we've got to turn the power on to a world that's filled with darkness. We are bringing the light of Jesus. We are bringing the hope. He's given us a task. He's given us a purpose. And so we should never feel like we don't have purpose, especially right now. There are so many things that we can do to turn the power on to bring the light of Jesus. Amen? So we're going to pass it. The second thing, God's purpose can't be undone. How many can say amen to that? If God has ordained something, no man, no person, nothing can stop what he's ordained, right? That is where you can rest in his good news. You can rest and have peace in the good news of Jesus Christ. And if he said, look, I've got plans for you. I've got a purpose. You've got a calling on your life. You may be going through a trial. You may be wondering, why am I not getting work right now? Or, you know, why is it my prayer maybe not being answered as quick as I want it to be? But God said, look, you can rest assured. If I said it, it's done. Amen. If I said it, he says, it's done. This is the God of heaven and earth. He said it. You ever seen those old bumper stickers? They said, God said it. And then uh, that settles it, right? That's it. God said it. That settles it. It's done. Amen. So once God has established his purpose in our lives, no one can change it. That's the good news. What door God has shut, though, no man can open. What door God has opened, no man can shut. Here's a scripture in Job. It says, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Job was a... A man that went through tremendous trials. If you don't know about the story of Job, you should study it. Job went through tremendous trials and tests in his life. But as he persevered and continued to press ahead, some of us can relate with Job. As he persevered and pressed ahead, what did God do? He gave him a double portion. He, he sustained him. He gave him what he needed. And that's what he's doing as, uh, you know, in this hour for believers in Jesus Christ. For those of us that trust God, he's going to sustain us. He's going to get us through our trial. You may feel like, man, I can't handle anymore. But you know what? If God it, it has brought you to live in 2017 and he's allowing you to go through a trial, guess what? You can handle it. You know why? Because he wouldn't have given it to you if he could. Amen. Amen. That's a hard thing to stomach sometimes. See, you know, I used to hear people say that to me. They'd say, like, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. You ever heard that? Oh, I was mad about that one. Well, you don't know what i got to go through right now. <laughs> Did I make it through? Yes. Have you guys made it through those situations? Yes. yes. So we can make it through, and we will make it through. And so God's purpose for our life cannot, will not be undone. God's purpose is the one that lasts. This is such good news. 
In the Proverbs, it says this. It says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. I know, I don't know about you guys. I have a lot of plans. My wife already knows this being married to me, not even for super long. But I got a lot of plans. I got a lot of ideas. I got a lot of things that the Lord puts on my heart. Some of them happen. Some of them don't. Some of them are for later. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? One thing that I do know is if it's the Lord's plan, it happens. Amen? The Lord will anoint it. He'll ordain it. He'll put it in my heart. I can't walk away from it. I can't close it. I can't stop thinking about it. It's in my heart. I can't walk away. I want to walk away sometimes. God will say, no. You know, I put this in your heart. But it's the Lord's purpose that's going to prevail. I'll tell you this, I remember, this is a funny story. So, I don't know if, uh, if you guys remember this many years ago, maybe he's watching right now. Do you guys remember Pastor Michael? He was in the Lizzie Healing many, many years ago. They moved, where they moved to? Indiana. Burn, Indiana, right? Yeah, they moved back to Indiana. And uh, they have a couple of kids now, by the way. Uh, but uh, Pastor Michael and I, we, this is years ago, we got invited to the MTV Awards show. And honestly, I used to go there when I was in the world. And, you know, I used to get invited every year. And I hadn't gone since I accepted the Lord. It was many, many years later, but I still got the invite. I still knew the people that were involved and whatnot, just from back in the day. And this one year, I don't remember, I think I mentioned it, because we used to have a Bible study at that time. And I said, you know, I said, I got this invite to the MTV Awards. And they had just moved to Los Angeles not that long ago. And, you know, he, was, uh, he had a heart for Hollywood, and so did I, of course. And so Michael says, you know, Todd, we should go. And we should be a light there. Now, I'm not one of these guys that will say, hey, let's go to a club and be a light. Because I don't believe that you should be in a place of darkness. And, you know, you'll get ensnared by the spirits there versus being the light in these places, right? And, you know, I always say to, like, people, like, what kind of testimony is that? The Bible says clearly, you know, to abstain from even the appearance of evil. So, you know, for me to go into, like, a nightclub, and I know there's Christians that do that. And some of them have a ministry to do those things, and that's not my decision or, you know, what I feel like. They need to talk to God about that. But for me personally, I steer clear of bars. I steer clear of those things because I just don't feel I'm called to go to those places. But... That being said, oftentimes I'll say, you know, if I, people try to drag me in there, well, let's go minister or whatnot. And I'll say, you know what, if I go there, just, you know, let's just say somebody that knew me was driving by and they see Pastor Todd coming out, you know, at two in the morning. What are they going to say? That's going to look bad, right? That's going to be the appearance of evil. Oh, that's not Pastor Todd. And you, you will not believe how people see that kind of stuff. Let me tell you. I remember one time when MySpace, this is back in the day when MySpace was around, I, somebody took a picture of me somewhere, and I was holding like a cranberry juice or something, and it looked like an alcoholic beverage, and that thing got put out somewhere on social media, and oh, look at all So anyways, I've learned to really abstain from even the appearance of evil. But this particular time, Michael and I decided, you know what, we do feel called the Lord to go. We prayed about it, and so just he and I, we went. And our seats weren't the best ones. We were sitting towards the back of the auditorium. And we went in, and you know, we're filling the spirits. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen one of those award shows, but they are nasty. They are dirty. And sure enough, this held up to its name. It was just like that. And trust me, in person and live, it's even worse. You know, because they have all the customers. They're not bleeped out. And people are doing all kinds of sexual things. And it's just not a place that a person of God would really want to be, right? But, you know, we're in there, and, and, you know, we're praying. We prayed before we went in. We were praying when we were in there. And certainly this man sits down next to us, and we, we began to talk with him. And it's just the funniest thing. He ended up being from the Midwest, which, by the way, I was born in the Midwest, and Michael was from the Midwest. And so we started talking to him, and, and then, you know, we started, you know, he was a talkative guy. So we were talking to him. He was excited about being there. And... 
you know, he said, what do you guys do? Are you in the industry? And, and we both kind of chuckled and laughed and said, actually, we're both pastors. Well, his face turned white, let me tell you. And his face turned white for a good reason. He was a pastor that had left his church, his family, his children, and thought that he was going to be an actor and come out to Hollywood. He went to an award show that he snuck in and happened to sit in a particular seat next to two pastors. So what happened? We ministered to him. And the Lord gave us a word, and we said, you need to go back to your family. You need to go back. And he keeps in touch with us till this day. He went back and went back to the ministry, and it was just a blip in the radar for him. But he could not stop tripping out how he went to the MTV Awards show and sat in the back next to two pastors. Amen? So God is going to use us in, in the most craziest ways, divine appointments. The Lord, and I can tell you story after story like that in my life, just ridiculous, like, wow, God things that have happened and taken place. And they're real. They happen. And so many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And I'll say that to say this. There have been times in my life that I've also wanted to give up. Times when I was going through really hard times and I just said, I can't take it anymore. And I'll tell you, though, is, is that if you walk away, even for a couple of minutes, the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes on you and you realize that, you know what, there's nowhere else to go. There's nowhere else to go because it's a lie if you would think that there's anything else out there that's better than the Holy Spirit, that's better than the living God being in your heart. There's not. Trust me, people are hopeless. Michelle and I have had an opportunity to minister to people recently that we call like, you know, one percenters. And they're people that basically, you know, would be the top echelons of, of society, I would say. And I find them to be some of the most miserable people sometimes and i'm not saying all of them but you know you would think they have everything and all the money in the world and all the you know connections and the beautiful homes and they would be so fulfilled right but oftentimes and i've seen this for many many years and so is pastor lorraine is that they tend to be some of the most broken and hurting people because we can't find our identity or our purpose in the wealth or the things of this world Tom Petty, who was an, an amazing singer-songwriter, passed away yesterday. At first they said he passed away, then they said he didn't pass away, then he did pass away. He did pass away. Um, how many of you guys know who he was? Anyway, he was a, a major contributor in, in kind of like the rock and roll world, but, you know, like an icon of sorts. And I'm not saying that I agree with his lifestyle or the things that, that he necessarily sang about. But you know what? He had wealth here on this earth. But what happens? at the end of your life, no matter what you have, right? You have to recently passed away the same thing, you know, had the Playboy Mansion and lived a certain lifestyle for many years, but at the end of your life, there's nothing that you're going to be able to do, nothing that you're going to be able to take with you. It doesn't matter how many things you acquired on earth. It doesn't matter how many things, you know, your, your possessions, the clothes that you have, the cars that you have, or the friends that you have. I hate to tell you, none of those things are going to go with us to glory. At the end of the day, it's between us and the living God, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's why it's so important. We're almost done. Every person is born with a purpose. This is one that I get off. I'm going to read this out of the Proverbs, verse 25, 20, verse 5. It says, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but the one who has insight draws them out. That means the wise person, the smart person that, that decides to follow the Lord Jesus with our free will has made the decision to serve God, to ask him into our heart. You are wise. You may not know that. But you are the wisest of men because many people don't make that decision. Sometimes we take it for granted our salvation. We, we forget that many years ago we may have asked Jesus in our heart. We may make it not a big deal. 
We may make it like, oh, that's not a big deal. I did that many years ago. We take it for granted. We think about, oh, it's just a Christian life that I live. But we forget. No, that was the moment, the day, the, the period in our life where we were pulled out of a lifestyle of sin and death. And we were redeemed and restored and on our way and set free and healed and delivered. It was the biggest decision we've ever made here on earth. And so every one of us has a purpose. And oftentimes the enemy is trying to steal us to make us feel like we don't have this purpose. And so we have to go into the deep waters. How many of you guys know that, like, you know, you ever seen, like, a pool and it's, like, the shallow end, you know? And, and then there's the people out there swimming. Remember Olympic-sized pools, the real big ones, and people are out there swimming in the deep end? You know, if you just get in and kind of put your, your feet in and it's a 120 degrees out, you'll get some relief, but you're not going to get a lot of relief, Right? You gotta go into the deep waters. You gotta go deep with the Lord. That's why we're having a Bible study, because we wanna go deeper with the Lord. We can't possibly get into enough of the Word on Tuesdays and Fridays. We'd love to. We'd love to just be here more, but the truth of the matter is, we get about maybe an hour at the most, maybe a half an hour of the Word, you know, every service. So it's like that happens twice a week, and if that's all we're getting, we're in the shallow end. Amen? Amen. Amen or Omi? Amen. Amen. We are in the shallow end if that's all the food we're eating. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, imagine if we ate just a, a really great dinner on Sunday or a really great dinner on Tuesday night, and then we didn't eat till next Tuesday night. Wouldn't we not be starving, right? We would be so hungry. How many of you guys got to eat like four times a day, right? I don't know about you. I get hungry, right? We're hungry people. We want to eat. I'm probably going to eat after the service tonight, Amen. <laughs> So the, the fact of the matter is we're hungry. But you know what? Are we hungry for the word? Are we hungry for the word? Because sometimes we only eat once a week. And that food, I hate to tell you, is more important than the tangible food that we eat here. The food of the word of God is super, super important. So everybody, get, this is a deep scripture. The purposes of a purpose, person's heart are deep waters. He wants us to go deep. You ever heard the scripture, deep cries out to deep. But one who has insight draws them out. God draws it out of us. He gives us talents and gifts. And if we give them back to him, he'll pull them out of us. You know, I was, uh, there was a, a music uh, teacher that you know, teaches voice lessons. And she was explaining to Michelle and I the other day that any person can sing. You guys ever heard that before? Yeah. And some of us don't believe that. My dad's perking up right now. He's listening real quick. He can sing, right? <laughs> the truth of the matter is you can you can't. It's a muscle. Your voice is a muscle. If you work it hard enough, some people have it naturally and it's a lot easier. But at the end of the day, you can train your voice. You can get better and better. And I've known this for a long time. You know, the secret of the music industry is a lot of the people that are the most famous aren't that good at singing. Do you know that? People like Britney Spears and God, God bless them, you know, but they got to use auto-tune and they got to go to a studio and have, you know, all kinds of effects and things done on the mic. They're not the best, but you know what? They've trained themselves over the years to learn how to sing professionally, and that's what it is. Well, the same with going into the waters and drawing out the deep. God wants to draw out the deep in us, and he wants to give us deep stuff. But we got to be willing. We got to be a willing vessel. We got to show up like Isaiah and say, send me, I'll go. There's plenty of send-me's right now. We can be sent to Vegas right now. We can be sent to Puerto Rico right now. We can be sent to downtown Los Angeles right now. We can be sent to Hollywood. I even know people right here in Chatsworth that need the Lord Jesus. Do you? Yes. Amen. So we're born with a purpose. Number five, we're almost done. God fulfills his purpose for believers. This is such a great promise in Philippians 2.12. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. We'll end on this note tonight. Philippians 2, 12 to 13. 
says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to, to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. How many can say amen in that scripture? Wow. So like, what he's saying about his absence, does that mean that he's not here? No, Jesus was in the flesh. You know, we, he was he was like as visible as my mom and Michelle. Like he was in the flesh, but his spirit is with us today. You know that the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter two. It's with us today. We're filled with the Holy Spirit, so He's with us. But we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. A lot of people today are saying that you know we shouldn't fear God. Like fearing God is not cool anymore. You guys realize that? Like a lot of people, He's my friend. We're a friend of God. We've, we've made God into like this friendship bubble. You know, oh, I'm a friend of God. It's great. I mean, he is our friend. But you know what? God is holy. And, and we need to be working out our salvation in fear and trembling because this thing is real. This is our life and our soul. And every move that we make has a consequence and, and a repercussion. What does the Bible say about sin? The wages of sin are death. Does that mean that we're going to die right then and there? No. But sin and allowing in our lifestyle, I mean, I remember like, you know, one little area that, you know, I thought was like nothing. And God said to me, like, you know what, you need to get rid of that. And I was, I was playing with God and messing around. And you know what, I, I ended up really struggling and suffering through something. And then God had to, you know, really teach me a good lesson. And then, you know, I learned. And he said to me, this is a while back, but he said, where you're going, you can't have that in your life. You can't have that in your life because you know what? You need to be holy because the Bible says, you know, be holy because I am holy. And in this hour where we want to be a representative of him, it is up to us to maintain that level of holiness and purity in our life and to get rid of, yank those little elements of sin that are left. we got to be working out our salvation. Does that mean I've made it or does that mean I'm done? Of course not. i got so many things that I need to work out. But what it means is that we're working it out with fear and trembling, meaning that like we fear God, we reverence Him, we reverence His holiness, and we say, Lord, please, please work this thing out in my life. Show me, teach me. You know, there's things that you know we don't even realize might cause other people to stumble that we do. There's things that sometimes we have in our life that still, you know, aren't representing Jesus Christ in the way that we should. And so God's just saying, look, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his purpose. It's not about our purpose. It's not about our plans. And so just to sum it all up, his greater purpose has to always be on the forefront of our minds. Whether it's a, a situation like we're dealing with as a country right now, whether it's the political infighting and the polarization of our nation, whether it's the, the awful division that the enemy is trying to stir up in our nation, friends, family members fighting, we got to break those things in the name of Jesus. At the end of the day, these things are a spiritual battle between light and darkness. That's what this is. It's nothing more. we got to take it up and understand and look at it and know what it is. I see friends that have been friends for 20 years, 30 years, bickering amongst each other over these ridiculous polarizing, you know, polarizing things. We need to stop it. We need to stop it. You know what? I, I told somebody the other day, I said, how long have you known me? I said, we've known each other for over 10 years, and all of a sudden you're saying all these ridiculous things. Did I change? Did something happen? He said, well, you know. No. <laughs> I'm still the same guy. So don't be sending me that mess. I said, do you love me? I love you. 
We don't got a problem with each other. So what is this nonsense? And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm not going to allow the enemy to have this place where he, what, what does the Bible say? Division is of the enemy. We know that. So we can't allow this to seep into the church, into our lifestyles, into our prayer lives. we got to be that light, that electrician that's coming to turn on the light by bringing the light. Amen? Amen. So there's a great joy in the discovery of his purpose when we trust in him rather than on our own feelings or the pressures from other people. And I will add the pressures from work, the pressures to be in a relationship, the pressures to have more money, the pressures, you know, just fill in the blank. There's a lot of pressure right now. I had to, like I said, talk somebody off the ledge today. Not literally, but there was a guy who I met and, you know, in one of the stores that I was at, and he was like, done. He said it, I'm done. And he was stressed out. And, you know, we kind of talked him off the ledge. And thank God my friend was with me there. But there's a lot of people feeling like this right now, is that they feel like they're at their end. And it is honestly our job, as he's given us a great commission to go, and to tell, you know, make disciples of the nations, preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. He is commissioning us to be that light, to be that example. And so I'm going to end it with this as the worship team comes up. We, we got an opportunity to go to another church the other night. It was a powerful night. And one of the things that I challenge that church, and I want to continually challenge our church as well, is, is that, you know, I just said, imagine if every person in the church were to win one soul and bring them to church. Just imagine how powerful that would be. And then imagine, you know, if every one of those people would bring one person. This is what we need to do. We've we got to make sure that we're fulfilling the Great Commission. He's given us a, a, an opportunity to be a beautiful example of him, a light bearer, somebody that brings hope and joy to people that are lost. But if we're not doing that, if we're just getting stuck in just, just coming to church, and by no means am I demeaning that or degrading it, I, I commend that. Thank you for coming to church and being faithful. But I'm just going to challenge us all. And I believe this is the Lord challenging us because he says in his word is like now is the time to talk about hope. Now is the time to get people saved. If we haven't been doing it. And I'm one of these people. We got to all do this together. Is, you know, if we haven't been spreading the good news, just think of what God has done in our life. Think of what he's done in our life. Think of what he's, you know, gotten us through. It may be just this season that you know God. It may be just recently. You may not even know him yet. I'm going to give you an opportunity in a second. But, you know, in my life, personally, I think about all that he's done in my life. He's gotten me through so much. You know, I'm breathing. I'm here. I have a bed to lay in. I got, you know, beautiful wife. Just amazing things that the Lord has given me that humbles me when I think about this. But you know what? The thing is, is that, like, that didn't come without pressing ahead, you know. And, and by no means are we there. We're praying for things now. But I'm just saying, like, if we think about what God has done, he's so good. He's so good. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads right now. Lord, we just want to pray in your name, the name of Jesus Christ, the King of glory. We want to pray right now, Lord God, for the people that are suffering in Las Vegas, Nevada right now. Lord, many lives have been lost. Families, friends, it's even reached back to me where I knew people that were actually there. Michelle knew a girl there as well. And I heard two police officers were there that we you know, were connected with. And there's just all kinds of people that you know, through friends and other friends and other friends I've heard about. But Lord, at the end of the day, these are your children because you created them. And Lord, we just want to pray that there's a revival in Las Vegas. That's literally known as the city of sin. I think of Nineveh. I mean, it's literally known as a sinful place. But Lord, they can repent in that place. And America can repent today too, Lord God. And we can repent as a church and a people. Lord, there's a lot of people, more than just Puerto Rico. We want to pray for Puerto Rico right now, Lord God.
We want to pray for the people there. There's a lot of uh, believers there, Lord. There's a lot of people that just want the lights turned on. But Lord, I'm hearing of Bible studies and worship services and things that are happening that we're not hearing on the news, Lord God. I'm hearing the same thing out of Harvey Riddled, South Texas, Lord God. In Houston, Lord, where there has been a move of your spirit, people have come together. They're not looking at color or creed or race or any of those things, Lord God. They're helping one another in this time, Lord God. Let that continue. Lord God, I just pray there would be a move of God there, Lord God. In Florida, many people were struggling through the Hurricane Irma, Lord God, but they've already rebuilt many of those places, Lord God. There's minimal damage to what could have happened. And Lord, I can go on and on. But even in our hearts, Lord, where we're struggling right now, some of us have been praying for a spouse. Some of us have been praying for a job. Some of us have been praying for financial uh, blessing in our life, Lord God. And I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that we would be filled with that light that we need. That's you, the Holy Spirit. Lord God, we would be sustained, Lord God. And we would stand tall knowing that you are the King of glory. Lord, that our purpose is, is divine and, and defined, clear. Lord Jesus, you've given us a divine and defined purpose. It's clear, Lord God. Set the captive free. Get him saved, set free, delivered, and healed. And so we just pray that there would be a move of your Holy Spirit in this church and in our personal lives, Lord. That we would leave here today encouraged, Lord God, strengthened in our faith, Lord God. Just keep your heads bowed. I just want to give an opportunity real quick. We'll let you guys go. If you come in tonight, you just say, Pastor, I don't know you, or maybe I do. But I just want to make sure I'm not going to call you forward or embarrass you. But if you just say, I'm just not sure that I'm on my way to heaven. I want to make sure if I were to die, if I were to get killed, if Jesus were to come back, I just want to know my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life that I'm on my way to heaven tonight. If that's you, just lift up your hand right now just so I can pray with you. That's me, Pastor. Yes. Thank you, Lord. There's several that are lifting their hands right now. Maybe a recommitment or maybe a first time, but I just want to pray with you tonight. So, Heavenly Father, you see this hands lifted forward, lifted high up right now. No one's looking around, but you see it, Lord. Lord, we just pray that today would be the beginning of a powerful journey. Lord, that we would accept you in our heart to be our Lord, to be our Savior. Lord God, to be the captain of our ship. Lord Jesus, that we would remember that tonight, this day, you touched our heart enough to give our life to you. And so, Lord, let us be a follow-through person. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Let's say amen in this church tonight. Hey, listen, there was a couple of people I saw that may have lifted their hand. I'm not going to embarrass you. You don't have to come talk to me. But if you would like to, we will be up here after the service. We'd love to just pray with you and give you a Bible and let you know a little bit more about what you did. If you did not, that's not you. If you need prayer, though, or you want to, you know, pastor or myself to pray for you, come on up. We'd love to pray for you. Otherwise, we are dismissed, and we will see you guys this Friday. And remember, Bible studies on Sunday. We love you guys. Let's sing a song before we go.